to Building Stronger Creatives, a fitness podcast for musicians, artists, nerds, and former misfits. I'm a former out-of-shape professional musician turned personal trainer and nutrition coach to hundreds of clients, and I'll give you no-nonsense information about what it really takes to get and stay fit within the context of a creative life. Here, you'll find practical advice on strength and endurance training, sane and simple nutrition, habit building, and time management tools to help you make lifestyle changes that actually stick. Most fitness coaches have no clue what it really means to be a creative, whether you're a professional or a passionate hobbyist. I'm different. I've been where you are, and I share your values. Let me show you how you can use the gym to build a kick-ass creative life. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to episode 49 of Building Stronger Creatives. I'm your host, Caroline Juster, and today we're going to talk about ultimate sandbags. So I recently requested on my Instagram, and my handle's at Caroline Juster, if you're not following me yet, for requests for future podcast episodes. And of course, if you have a request for a topic or you have a question that you'd love me to do a deep dive on, go ahead and send those my way. So A lovely listener of the podcast and follower of mine on Instagram made the suggestion that I should talk about ultimate sandbags, and I thought this was a great idea because I've talked about sandbags a lot. I've told the story of how I got into sandbags. I've talked about sandbags with some of my guests, like with my guest episode with Corey Kripe, but I haven't really done an episode on how to get started with this awesome training tool. So I want this to be somewhat similar to my getting started with rucking episode from maybe a month or so ago. I'm going to talk a little bit about like what exactly is this thing that we're talking about? Why do I like to use it? What are some of the benefits? I will reshare the story of how I got started just in case you haven't heard it. And then I'm also going to give you some really practical tips that you can follow right away if you want to get started. I will say I think that getting started with sandbags can be a little bit confusing and I don't necessarily think that there's a lot of great free information that's going to help you make the leap to, you know, oh, I might want to use sandbags to actually using them in your training. So if you're not able to work with a coach or you're not able to take one of the full courses or certifications, I hope that this podcast and potentially future episodes as well as Instagram posts on my page will help you get started. So what exactly are we talking about when we talk about ultimate sandbags? So sandbag training has been around for a really long time. This is not a new thing. It's been used in the military. It's been used in strongman. It's been used in all different types of physical training for many, many years. Ultimate Sandbag is a specific company that designs a specific type of sandbag. And this is important because we're not just, I mean, okay, I'll back up. A lot of what I will say potentially could be used with any sandbag, but I think that the unique design of the ultimate sandbag makes it better suited for training. And by the way, although I'm certified with this company and I've taken a lot of their classes because I'm really interested in their philosophy and their products, they're not paying me to make this episode. So this is all coming from me and my own experience using this tool in my own training and also using it with many of my in-person and online clients. So The biggest difference between Ultimate Sandbags and some of the other sandbags I've seen on the market is the design and the shape of the bag and also the position of the handles. So I will talk at the end of the episode when we're giving you some tips to get started about like specific sizes of the sandbags, but just know that 
Getting a bigger sandbag with Ultimate Sandbags is not just a matter of the bag is heavier. The physical dimensions of the bag, so how much girth it has, how long it is versus how wide it is, are going to change with each size of the bag, as will the location and number of handles. So some bags have handles on the sides and other bags have like foldable tabs on the side. Ultimate sandbags also have neutral grip and pronated grip handles and a suitcase handle. So a neutral grip handle is where your palms are facing in. And this is important because for many people, especially beginner trainees, the neutral grip position is going to be a little bit more shoulder friendly. And it's also a little bit easier to create tension and stability through your upper body so that you can use good form when doing things like rows and deadlifts. Now there is a traditional um, pronated grip, which would be like if you were holding a barbell with your palms facing behind you. And then there's also a suitcase handle, which is like a single handle on the top of the sandbag. So you can tell just from me talking that you have a lot of different potential ways to hold the bag and change your grip, which can open up possibility for lots of different exercises. And it can also make it easier to modify things if you need something to be easier or you need it to be harder. The dimensions are also important and it's just really well designed. So um, exercises that work well with a heavier bag, for example, something like a bear hug squat, which I will explain again in a little bit, those bags that you're going to use, like they're bigger around and so if the bag was really long and skinny like a lot of heavy sandbags are it's really difficult to wrap your arms around the bag and pull it into you and create enough tension to perform the exercise so when the bag is a little bit shorter than some other sandbags on the market but it's also wider around it's easier to use for these exercises so it's I'm sure they thought about this when they designed it but it really is like each size of the sandbag is perfectly proportioned for the exercises that you would use that weight. I hope that makes sense. So um, you're going to not just pay attention to like the, the weight of the bag, but you're also going to pay attention to as I change bags, how do the dimensions of the bags change? So this is like a really incredibly versatile tool and this is why I love it so much. So I'll tell you a little bit in case you haven't heard the story about how I got started with sandbags. So I was familiar with this tool from attending fitness conferences, and I'm sure I had seen it on social media. But when the pandemic hit, like everybody, and I was out of the gym, I was really looking for a home gym solution. Now, I live in a little two-bedroom apartment that's not very big. We already have a bunch of shit in here, so we didn't have a ton of storage space. And at the time that gyms shut down, all that I had was a single 16-kilogram kettlebell, which is 35 pounds. I had a bunch of bands. Uh, and that was it. And I wanted access to heavier weights because me and my boyfriend are training here. And I mean, I'm fairly strong and he's stronger than I am. And while you can do a lot with a 16 kilogram kettlebell, like we weren't necessarily comfortable doing a bunch of swings and snatches because again, small apartment, glass windows, risk of breaking things. And also it's just not that heavy for us for things like squats and rows. And so the sandbag was appealing to me because I could load it to a heavy weight and I realized that I could use it for a lot of different things. So I purchased the first sandbag, which was a strength sandbag, which is the bag that is typically loaded from about 40 to 70 pounds. And actually at the time that we bought it, we, we weren't even allowed, it was like heavy lockdown. So we weren't really allowed to go to the hardware store to get sand. So I actually bought the water fillers and I just filled it up with water in my bathtub. Now that I've been using sandbags for a long time, I realized that that actually makes the exercises a lot harder. So I sort of jumped in the deep end, pun intended, with those water filler bags. 
happy. You know, I filled it up to about 60 pounds of water and all of a sudden there were so many more options unlocked. We were able to do heavier stuff. We were able to do more complex and challenging movements. And the sandbag, it didn't take a lot of room. You know, it's not a bunch of metal weights that scratch up my hardwood floors. And I only needed the one bag and all of a sudden I was able to do so much more in my workout. As opposed to like with kettlebells, I would have had to buy multiple different weights. Or with dumbbells, I would have had to make a really high investment to buy power blocks or like those Bowflex adjustable dumbbells, which are excellent. But again, they cost like several hundred dollars up to a thousand dollars. And a sandbag, I think the strength bag was like $180 or something. So when I bought the bag, I recognized that I sort of didn't really know how to use it effectively. And that was what began my journey into the DVRT world. So DVRT is essentially a training philosophy. It doesn't only apply to sandbags, actually. Um, As I talked about, I think, I think I talked about this with Corey when I was on his podcast, but basically the principles can be applied to many different pieces of equipment. But a, a big way that they teach the system is through the sandbag. So I took the level one DVRT course online and I really loved it. And then later when things were reopening, I took level one again in person and I also took level two. And then since then, I've been lucky enough to, I worked with Corey, who, um, if you didn't listen to my episode with him, owns a really unique gym in La Crosse, Wisconsin, where they they do all DVRT and they're primarily using sandbags, kettlebells, and bands. So they don't have any dumbbells, they don't have any barbells. Uh, So I worked with Corey as my own online coach in 2022, which was really fun and, and that really helped me deepen my understanding of how to use the sandbags. And I've also been lucky enough to assist at Perform Better uh, with Jessica Bento, who is one of the people who runs DVRT. And, um, you know, I've been uh, lucky that they've sort of accepted me into their ecosystem, so to speak. And I have all along been using this tool with my clients. So people that train with me in person at HiFi, which is a independent gym that I work out of in downtown Chicago. If you walk into Hi-Fi, you will see like two big piles of ultimate sandbags or like right by the entrance. Those are mine. I use them all the time with myself and my clients. I've also had online clients who live, uh, like for example, I have one client who lives in San Francisco and she purchased sandbags to use at home. I've had in-home clients around Chicago that have used them. I am always encouraging people to purchase them if they're looking for reasonably priced, super effective, super fun additions to their home gym or to outdoor workouts. So uh, it's not the only tool that I use with clients, certainly. And I have some clients that never use it and that's totally fine, but I think it's a really valuable tool in my toolbox. And it's something that I use a lot in my own workouts because I just think it's really fun. So a few of the benefits of sandbag training as I see it. So one I've been hinting about is that this is an ideal option for people who want a good home gym, but they don't want to spend thousands of dollars investing in a bunch of weights, or maybe they don't have the space. Like if you have a garage or, you know, you live in a basement or something, I don't know, and you can build a power rack and you can do all this stuff, like that's great. You own your own home. But many of us, myself included, we're renters. We don't have a lot of space and quite frankly, we don't want to invest that kind of money into a home gym, especially if we're renting and someday we're going to be moving. So I don't necessarily think that going the traditional weights route makes that much sense. Again, unless you have a lot of space, time, money, whatever. But if you invest, you know, a few hundred dollars in a, a set of ultimate sandbags, or even if you only get one or two bags, you can do so much more and you can get much better results at home. As I mentioned earlier, you know, they're soft, like while they can be heavy, if you have a bigger bag, like they are not 
scraping up your wooden floors. They're not causing damage. Like you can stack and store them very easily. You can drag them around. So they're a little bit more apartment friendly or older home friendly. And they're portable. So obviously you're probably not going to take an 80 pound burly bag back and forth to the park. But if you have a 25 or a 30 pound power bag, if you have a lighter bag, bring it with you to your outdoor workouts. I do still train some clients outside in the park and I always, always bring ultimate sandbags because they're easy to just throw in the trunk of my car. I can throw them around outside. If they get dirty, they're easy to clean. Just so many ways that you can integrate this into your training if you have sort of a non-conventional, non-traditional gym setup. So that, as I see it, is one of the biggest benefits. Another benefit that's related, but also applies if you're using sandbags in a gym, is that they're really versatile. You can progress an exercise or a movement pattern for months or even years without necessarily needing to change the weight of the bag. So that means that you can get more bang for your buck. That's why I said even if you only have one or two bags, you can train hard because if one movement pattern, let's say your squats are really strong and maybe your presses are lacking, you can use a more simple press variation and you can use a more advanced squat progression using the same bag. The way that you hold the bag and the way that you change your body position have dramatic impacts on how hard the exercise feels. So once you learn how to use the tool and how to progress, you really don't necessarily need a whole bunch of weights in order to keep getting stronger. And it's fun to do some, I would say, maybe more unconventional movements. So some of the stuff that we learned in the level two course, I would call them combo movements or matrices, which is where you're stringing multiple different exercises together. There are also like fun sandbag specific things like you can do lunges into around the world, which is where you uh, kind of bring the bag around your head like you're doing a kettlebell halo. It's very similar. There's just a whole bunch of stuff that you can do with a sandbag that you can't necessarily do with other pieces of equipment. And for some trainees, that can be motivating. It can be fun. It can be something different, especially if you tend to get bored with meat and potatoes type of stuff. So the versatility and the ability to do a lot of different types of movements, even with minimal equipment, is also very helpful. And a third benefit I would say is that I think that a lot of the time using an ultimate sandbag makes it easier to use good form. And the reason why is that when you're holding the weight on your body, if you're holding the bag correctly, you are going to be using more lats. You're going to have more stable shoulder position. Your core muscles are going to automatically turn on, especially if you're holding a weight in front of your body. And these things will potentially unlock some mobility. If you have a little bit of protective tension, meaning technically you have the mobility, but your nervous system is like, oh, we're unstable, so I'm not going to let you move into this position. If that's going on, those types of loads can help. Uh, and then I just think they sort of reinforce good form because if you're doing a bear hug squat and you're holding a sandbag in front of you, you're automatically going to have a more vertical squat versus hinging and turning the squat into a good morning. I'm trying to think of another example. If you're using neutral grip handles on your rows, you know, you might use a better elbow position instead of letting your elbows flare out to the sides at a more 90 degree angle. I'm sure there are other examples that I just can't think of, but I personally have found that the sandbag is a really helpful teaching tool for form. As a coach, I'm always looking for a way like how can I get a client to do something in an efficient way without me needing to coach them and cue them with a million words because a million words can be overwhelming and it's often not particularly helpful. So if I have a tool 
some sort of external tool or the way I have the client hold the weight that just puts them in the right position without me having to coach like that's extremely valuable to me and it, it will be extremely valuable to you as well because you're going to feel and move better in your workouts so it's not necessarily true across the board but I, I have found that with certain movements and certain people just using a sandbag will clean up your form without needing to worry about other stuff and I think that that's really valuable as well so I'm going to give you now a few tips on how to get started so let's talk super practical first the place to buy Ultimate Sandbags is on the website. I think it's ultimate-sandbag.com. Now, you can also, I believe, order them from Amazon or you can order them from Perform Better, which is an exercise equipment company. It's possible they sell them elsewhere too, but I would first look on the Ultimate Sandbag website because often they have um, specials like around holidays, you know, the way other stores do sales. And it's worth taking a look or it's worth subscribing to their newsletter because you'll be alerted when the next sale is happening. Now, there are several different sizes of sandbags, and I'm going to talk through them real quick so you understand what they are and why you might want to purchase each one. At the end, I'll give you my recommendations for like if you're only going to buy one bag, if you're only going to buy two bags, etc. So the smallest size bag is called a Core Ultimate Sandbag. That is the one that's black with green handles. This is typically filled from like 5 to 20 pounds. So it's light, it's small. This is a great bag, as the name suggests, for doing core exercises. So dead bugs, planks, side planks, uh, chops and lifts, around the worlds, those types of things. Um, you can also use it for stuff like press out squats or if you're a really beginner in training with not a lot of experience and you just want a lighter bag, it's less intimidating, you can use it for other things as well. The second size bag is called the power bag and that is black with red handles. So I would say that anywhere from like 20 to 40 pounds is a good place to fill the power bag. So this bag is super versatile. For people that are pretty strong or have larger bodies, you might be able to use it for certain core exercises, especially if it's loaded pretty light. Uh, it's also great for basic strength exercises like squats and rows and presses or more complex power type movements like max lunges, which is like a rotational lunge, kind of like a kettlebell swing. It's very similar in some ways. The next size is kind of an intermediary between the power bag and the next bag, which is the strength bag. So this third bag is called a force bag. It's as long as a strength bag, but it's thinner and it can be loaded lighter. Um, this one is black with orange handles. I don't remember if I said that or not yet. So I didn't mention this before, but the core and the power bags are smaller bags that have handles on the outside of the bag. Once you get to the force bag and above, the bag is going to have this flap on the outside and that can be used to create an offset grip where one hand is holding the handle and the other hand is sort of gripping the end of the bag. The force bag, I wouldn't recommend if you're just getting started, but if you're able to purchase more bags or if for some reason the strength bag feels a little out of reach especially for things like overhead presses the force bag can be a great like stepping stone bag to help you practice some of those heavier movements with a bag that's a little smaller so the next bag is the strength bag this was the bag that i first got it's typically filled with like 40 to 70 pounds. Um, it's longer, much longer than the power bag. It's wider around. We're starting to get into like a more girthy kind of bag. And the strength bag, as the name suggests, again, is great for like really basic strength movements. So 
One thing that's nice about having like a four strength bag or above is that if you're trying to do overhead presses, the position of the neutral handles, so those I mentioned earlier where your palms are facing in, they're a little bit wider and they're going to be more ideal for pressing. If you're pressing with like a core bag or a power bag, unless you're a really small person, you're probably going to hold the outside handles of the bag instead of the neutral handles. And that can be a little awkward. So if you have interest in like, for example, doing the clean and press test or working towards heavier overhead pressing, it's definitely a good idea to at least have a force or um, more likely a strength bag in your collection. And then the final bag size is called the burly bag. Uh, the burly bag is typically filled with like 80 to 100 pounds. I think you can put more in there, but like I filled these things before and they get really heavy <laughs> and it's a little difficult to like fit all the sand into the, the filler bags and all squeeze the filler bags into the shell. So my heaviest burly bag at the gym is 100 pounds. Um, there probably won't be too many trainees unless they're like really strong and experienced that would need more than that. And that's a great thing about sandbags too, is you can train hard, you can get strong without needing to put like really heavy loads on your body. So the burly bag is like black with grayish handles. Um, and as I mentioned, it's typically filled like 80 to 100 pounds. So here's what I would suggest. If you are um, a woman who is stronger, experienced, or maybe a man who's beginner to experience and you only want one bag I would probably make it the strength bag if you are a woman who is newer to training uh, not as strong yet I would probably make your one bag a power bag and I wouldn't fill it super heavy I probably would fill it about 25 to 30 pounds now if you are any person and you're looking to buy a second bag in addition to either your strength or your power bag I would probably make it a core bag because the core bag is super versatile and you can use it for a lot of really interesting and unique movements like plank drags and side plank rows and around the world. So I would get a core bag and I would be conservative with filling it. I would say most people should not go above 10 pounds. If you're really strong, really experienced and you want to do like 12 or 15, that's fine. But I don't think a 20 pound core bag is where you should start. I would say any, uh, probably 10 pounds is a good like happy medium or even a little less if you're less experienced. Now, if you are able to buy three bags, I probably would just buy a core, a power and a strength bag. Now, if you are like, you feel a little intimidated by the strength bag, you're not sure you're strong enough and you want to do a force bag filled a little heavier to maybe like 35 or 40 pounds instead, you could do that. But I think that with a strength, a power, and a core bag, you can pretty much do all the movements and you can train really hard and make great progress for a long time. This is exactly what I have at home. So technically I have three sets of sandbags. I have two at the gym and I have one at home. And my boyfriend, who as I mentioned is strong, who's been working out his entire life, he uses that set. I think our strength bag is like 60 pounds. Our core bag is f uh, 15, it's a little heavier. And then the power bag is 40. So they're filled a little on the heavier side and that is sufficient for us to have great workouts at home at the gym um i have a lighter set i have a, a full set of like core power force strength and burly and then i have a heavier set but i only have the one force bag i'm actually probably going to get a second force bag at some point but again if you're not sure where it waits to fill it I would probably err a little more conservative and aim more for the middle of the range. First of all, it's like hard to take this. <laughs> I'm going to talk about this in a second, but it's better to just create the weight that you want and leave it there forever and not change it. It's a little difficult to take sand out of the bag if you go too heavy. And also, you know, these movements can be humbling 
in ways that you might not expect. And because there's so many ways to make it harder without changing the weight, I think it's better to err on the lighter side rather than going too heavy and having the bag be almost unusable. Okay, so let's say you've picked your one or two bags that you're going to buy. When you order them online, they will not ship with sand, which makes sense because that would cost a fortune to pay for shipping. So what you're going to need to do is you're going to need to go to a hardware store and you're going to need to buy sand. So really any bag of sand will work. I would suggest, especially if you have two bags, buying at least one 50 pound bag of sand. You might need to buy two. Um, so if you have issue with storing, you know, you might need to do some math ahead of time and that might also affect how much weight you're going to fill the bags to. But for me, because I was filling so many bags, I just bought a ton of 50 pound bags and I think I still have maybe like 10 pounds left from one bag that's like sitting on the back porch. What I would suggest you do when you get everything ready is grab some sort of a scale, whether it's a luggage scale or a bathroom scale, grab like a measuring cup or some type of bowl that you can use to scoop the sand and go outside if you can, go in your garage or go in your basement, go somewhere where if you get sand on the ground, it's not going to be a huge issue. What I did was I took the filler bags. So each sandbag has an outer shell and then it has a certain number of filler bags. That's where the sand goes. And then you will secure those and then you put them in the shell and zip it up. So I had my bathroom scale, like my body weight scale, and I had like a measuring cup and I would open the bag of sand. I'd scoop sand into the bags. I'd weigh them periodically until I got them to be about where I wanted them. And then I sealed them up, put them in the shell, and then I used a handheld luggage scale just to verify the weight of the bag. You know, it takes a little while. It can be a little bit of a workout in and of itself. And I understand that this can be an obstacle, but know that once you do this one time, you never have to do it again. Okay, so, you know, set aside some time, maybe if you have kids or a partner or someone you can recruit to help you. Uh, and again, if you only have one or two bags, it shouldn't be that painful of a process. At one point, I was filling like 10 bags, including some really heavy bags, like 65, 80 and 100 pounds. And I was carrying them up and down stairs and it was a lot. But now they're good to go and I've been using them and I've never had to do it again. So now you've got your bags, you've got them filled. What should you do to get started? Now, I'll probably record future episodes on this because this is like, there's whole courses about this, you know, it's a really in-depth topic, but I want to give you a few pointers that I think are really helpful at the beginning, which is how to know how to hold the bag. So hold the way you hold the bag is called the loading position, and this is really at the core of using sandbags. There are actually quite a few loading positions, but I'm going to share some of the most common ones, especially for just getting started. So first would be what I would call like a deadlift position. So this would be where you're holding the bag in front of you, like with arms extended. Most of the time you're going to use those neutral grip handles, which is where your palms are facing in. This would be the position you would use for, you guessed it, deadlifts, but also for bent over rows. The second position that you'll use a lot as a beginner, excuse me, is the bear hug position. So I'm going to explain what the end point looks like and then I'll tell you how to get there. So for a bear hug position, imagine that you're standing upright and you've got the bag held vertically. So it's essentially parallel with your body and you have your arms wrapped tight around the bag, pulling it into your chest like a bear hug. Now, this really only works with bigger bags, maybe a force bag, but definitely strength bags and burly bags. It's not going to work super well with a power bag and it, it pretty much won't work with a core bag. So when you're using the bear hug position for squat variations, you typically need a heavier bag. 
Now, the way you would get this into position is you would put the bag on the floor. Uh, again, so it's parallel with your body line. Stand over it, wrap your hands under it, get in a good hip hinge position where you're bending your knees, reaching your hips back. And then you want to push with your legs so the bag comes off the ground, shoot your arms around it, pull it into you and stand up. That's your bear hug position. So the next position, one of the ones you're going to use all the time, is called the front load position. So this is where you're holding the bag up in front of your chest. So your arms are elevated. You're pulling the bag into your chest. Um, you don't want the elbows dropping toward your stomach. To set up for this, you'll need to do a clean. So you'll put the bag on the floor in front of you, on top of your feet and close to your legs. You're going to grab those neutral grip handles. Again, get into a good hip hinge where you're bending your knees, reaching your hips back. You want to push your legs on the ground. The bag's going to start to come up and you're going to shoot your arms around the bag and stand up. And this might take a little bit of practice. If you're uncertain of your form, you know, be conservative before trying this with a really heavy bag, certainly. The front load position can be used for squats, lunges, good mornings. Um, what else can be used for? Other, you know, other types of lower body exercises. This is one I use all the time. The next position is called the fist position. So this is where it's similar to the front load, except instead of having your arms wrapped around the front of the bag, the bag is actually balanced on top of your fists. So to get here, you'll do a clean similar to what I just described, but instead of shooting your arms around the bag, you're gonna punch up under the bag. So at the top, your forearm will be vertical, your wrist is vertical, and the bag is balanced on top of your fists. Now, why would we want this position? First of all, this is where you need to be for the vast majority of overhead pressing. So if you have a desire to press, you have to practice in the fists. This is also a really challenging position for things like squats and lunges. Because the bag is balanced, you have to use your core muscles more. Um, I personally think that the squat with the bag on the fists is one of my favorite sandbag exercises. The final one that I'll share with you now is more relevant for smaller bags. So we're talking power bag and specifically core bag. And this is grabbing onto the outside handles. So this would be good for certain core exercises like dead bugs or press outs. Um, if you're doing pressing and all you have is a lighter bag, you'll probably want to hold those handles as well, as I mentioned earlier, just because the neutral grip handles on the top of the bag are a little close together. Now, you can also reach between the end of the bag and the handle, grab the end caps and pull the bag apart. You get a little extra challenge for your grip strength. You get a little more lat engagement. This is great for press out squats, for press outs to the core exercise. It's great for chops and lifts. So for smaller bags, a lot of the time you're going to be holding the ends, either the handles or the end caps, regardless of which option, you always want to try to rip the bag apart with your hand. So just to summarize, again, this is not a complete list of the holding positions, but these are some of the most popular, popular common ones and some that you'll probably use as a beginner. You'll have like the deadlift position where your palms are facing in, you've got your arms extended and the bag is held in front of you. You have the bear hug position where you are wrapped around the bag, arms wrapped around the bag, standing up, pulling it vertically into your chest. You have the front load position where the bag is held perpendicular to your body up in front of your chest arms wrapped around the bag, pulling it back into you. You have the fist position where the bag is in front of your chest, but it's balanced on top of your knuckles. And then finally, you have holding the outside handles of the bag, either the handles or the end caps. And this is typically done with a smaller bag. Um, 
I mentioned earlier that you can use what's called an offset grip with the tabs on the bigger bag, but that's a little bit more advanced. So, you know, for the sake of this conversation, you don't need to worry about that position. So I hope this was illuminating for you. I want you to understand, you know, why I started using this tool, why I like it so much. And hopefully I'm giving you some helpful advice so you can get started because I know sometimes it can be a little overwhelming or intimidating and you're not really sure where to start. Now, if this is interesting to you, um, I would love for you to come visit my Instagram page. I do post uh, pretty regular, usually once a week, if not once every other week, a video specifically about sandbags. Whether that's like, I did one about how to choose the right weight for your sandbag. I've done a whole bunch on specific exercises. I've done videos about these holding positions that I'm talking about. Uh, I'm trying to provide really simple, actionable sandbag content that you can use so that you don't feel so intimidated and you feel confident adding this stuff to your workout. And if you like this and you want to learn more, uh, or if you want some specific help including these things in your own workouts, by all means, send me a DM. I always love to hear from you and I always respond. Thank you so much for listening and I will see you on the next episode. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Building Stronger Creatives. If something you heard resonated with you, I would love for you to share this episode with someone else who might enjoy it. I also always appreciate comments, ratings, and reviews. These things help me get the word out to other creatives who could benefit from this type of information. See you back on the next episode. Until then, stay curious, stay passionate, and stay strong.